begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris, Ben, and Milton here for another episode of the Outer Rim Transmission Star Wars Podcast. Tonight, we're talking about the Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3, as well as some updates on the gaming front, as well as the comic front, and maybe more. So yeah, we're going to get into it this week as we do every week here. How's it going, guys? I'm um, good, man. How you guys doing today? Not bad. I should have specified, I guess. <laughs> this is a podcast. I was like, okay. But yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing good as well, Milton. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been a heck of a week, but no, everything's all good. I'm just ready to talk some Star Wars. There you go. What about you, Ben? Uh, yeah, it's it's been a good week as well. Uh, making some progress on the diet, down another pound, so things are going well, and yeah, it's been a pretty good week, I would say, um, in general. I mean, especially, you know, we'll get into the Bad Batch episode, but with that with that in the middle of the week, it, like, really s- springboarded the week, if that makes sense. You know, it was just, like, such a positive note for me, and it was just such a great middle part of the week. Oh, yeah, now we got the, the weekly Star Wars look forward to. I have been constantly, you know, looking at, you know, Willow. So that's been my go to go, you know, go to in between the different Star Wars series. And well, I'm sad to say that has come to a close for now. For now, it looks like we're getting season two and three. So I'm just super, super jazzed about that. But uh, yeah, Bad Batch is in full swing. Uh, apparently, we're getting a Mandalorian season three trailer. Ben, you want to you want to talk about that because you're the one that has the details on that. So it's coming out on Monday during an ESPN wild card yep. playoff game. Is that correct? Yep, during the uh, Monday night, the Cowboys-Buccaneers game, um, like, discussing film and everywhere else, like, reported on it that we're set to be getting the Mando Season 3 trailer um, at halftime of that game. And, you know, it makes sense because um, Disney owns ESPN, so, Mm -hmm. you know, why not put your flagship show on the Cowboys game? Like, people love, you know, the the Cowboys games are always the most watched games in general for most of the NFL games, so it's like... Why not put it on the Cowboys in the playoffs? So, you know, it just makes makes too much sense. And they're facing Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback ever. So it's like there's so much viewership on the line. You know, why not put put your put? I mean, last week, I think last week or week before their last Monday night game, they got like 35 million viewers. Like, so, you know, you're talking so you're talking for a playoff game. They're probably getting probably close to 40 potentially. So it's like they're going to get so many eyeballs on that trailer. So it makes perfect sense in my opinion. And like I messaged in our group chat earlier this week, like, so this basically confirms this is the start of the Mandalorian marketing cycle. Oh yeah. And it's interesting because I keep a good eye on when these trailers are coming out. We usually get one about three months or so before or even further out. And then we get the one just about at that month mark. So I find it interesting that they're, they're stretching this back a month and a half. I mean, honestly, they don't have anything else to promote big, um coming out on disney plus so they can take as much time as they want because bad batch i think is the last big thing and not even for just star wars i don't think there's definitely nothing marvel coming out on disney plus so it's like hey why well, not let's just start promoting everything now I mean, besides ant-man that's 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 you know movie that's coming out in a couple weeks here but yeah well that and bad batch is out like you know they don't need mm-hmm. the marketing cycle for it now really you know it's it's out it's you know it's gotten its push like you know like so, their marketing budget for sure is going to be shifting toward toward Mando, and it, I mean it makes sense, really. Yeah, can you imagine the Super Bowl? They're they're going to have a big, big ad for that too, because that's going to be in February. Oh, yeah. So that'll be just a matter of a couple weeks 
before the show even launches. So yeah, we're gonna get inundated with Mando stuff, and, and you know it's it's worth the wait because last time we got Mando stuff was when 2020. Yeah. Like it, it'll be two and a half, almost three years since we got a proper Mandalorian, and 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 that's that just you know that's Disney's cash cow. Say what you will about it. that. That's what made Disney Plus as successful as it is. So you know they're gonna just shove this down our throats you know before we just can't even take any more uh, everybody in the planet will know mando's coming out and it'll all start oh, yeah. this monday <laughs> let's, let's be real here too like um and you know we'll get your thoughts on it too milton like let's all be real we all know the ending of the trailer probably monday night's gonna have some cute shot of baby grogu or something just because there'll be so many people watching Oh yeah, they 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 gotta do that. They gotta do that for sure. <laughs> oh man! So we want to welcome everybody to our live chat. We go live every Friday at nine o'clock Eastern, and you can also listen to us after the fact on any podcast uh, app of your choice. There you go. So we're gonna jump into our weeks in Star Wars. I'll start this one off. I got back to it. I got to painting the miniatures, the Star Wars Legion miniatures. I'm working on some Mandalorian Super Commandos. I got three more squads of those bad boys I got to finish up. Um, but I have a whole new painting area um, in the computer room where we have a you know an actual computer there so I could actually watch YouTube. So I've just been chilling out in this like really comfortable computer chair. Just you know, it's a good little hobby to do, especially as it's cold here. There's not much else I can do, so I'm just huddled in the chair, painting my miniatures, uh, getting educated, getting educated, because I'm going to Europe next, uh, well, this year, and I'm basically trying to learn as much as I can about World War II, the Cold War, all this stuff. So it's, like, it, it, it's what I've been looking forward to every day or any day I can get to it. It's like ah, I can't wait to kind of put on the history channel so to speak on youtube and just go to town painting and just like absorbing information so it's been a it's been a cool couple couple of uh days here uh just just doing that yeah nice yeah i'm actually a huge history channel fan um usually i watch a lot of history channel on youtube oh there's one specific channel i go to called like history timeline or something okay. like it's really good um but Love no I don't do the miniatures. I mean, that's not my thing. So that's all. <laughs> um, usually, I'm watching History Channel when I'm working out or, or doing cardio or something. But um, yeah, that's pretty cool, man. I mean, it's nice to probably pick up on different language and culture as you, as you're preparing for celebration this upcoming year. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're taking a trip to the Netherlands for Amsterdam, and then we're gonna go over to Berlin. So definitely want to kind of get involved so I can learn to appreciate. The surroundings a little bit more as I'm in, in in those cultures, you know. No, that's what's up, man. What about you, Ben? You got anything oh, to report well, I back? Know, to I didn't know Milton was gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was waiting on Milton. I was like, all right. Um, yeah, no, my my weekend Star Wars was was uh, pretty interesting actually. It just came to me today. Like, you know, I was gonna bring up some other other tidbits, but those are irrelevant now. So as of today, I was like. Okay, so let, for starters, let's start here, guys. So we're <laughs> all we're all guessing that um, that they're going to announce some Star Wars movie at Celebration, correct? Like you know we're we're expecting oh, yeah. that. Like we right. think that the, the rumors for the Lindelof stuff, etc., um, filming in April, May, like you know that all that stuff's out there. So here's the thing: it got me thinking. I was like, oh, 
isn't this really, really, really peculiar? And also, shout out to John Campion bringing this interview up and putting it on my radar to begin with today. But, so, if you go over to Slash Film, okay. legendary composer John Williams did an interview, and he said, oh, no, 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 I'm not retired, and I'm not done making film scores yet for movies yet at all. What? Like, that's not even... That's not even something I'm I'm going to continue working cuz he said he said an awesome quote in that article it was like I I can't even think of it it was like you know life it was something basically saying music is life basically to him and like he's going to just keep writing music and making music for movies and he said he's still going to continue making music for theatrical movies in that interview and that was just this week so it's like oh isn't that a little coincidence that John Williams says that and then there's all this talk of a potential movie getting announced at Celebration. To me, it's like, are they going to like bring in the big guns to Celebration and be like, hey, Star Wars is coming back. John Williams is doing the first movie back in six years, etc. Like, you know, is that potentially the announcement? Yeah, I think there's a there will, there's always a lot of potential at Celebration. And yeah. we're going bigger going home because, I mean, we had Celebration last year, but... There wasn't a big announcement as far as, oh, this is a project we've never heard of. Well, actually, yeah, there was a uh, skeleton crew. We, we had never officially heard of that before, but uh, we've heard rumors of it and it was a show. But I think uh, I think they're ready. I mean, again, we often <laughs> we're often talking about John Campion and the other film pundits on YouTube here that are always keeping a good track record of like how long things have gone. Like Lucasfilm, I think just out of necessity, like Disney's probably like, just like you guys have to put something out. We haven't had something else since 2019. Like what's going on? Luckily they have Indiana Jones. So that counts, I guess for Lucasfilms, like whatever uh, film slate, but star Wars and Marvel goes on every other studio, Pixar, everything, you know, star Wars is a, a cinema first IP, right? It started there. It's, it's got to return. And, and I think if you put a date on it, something's got to come out by at least 2025. And if that's the yeah. case, then we should know what's coming up by 2025 if we'll be in the year 2023. So yeah. where else are they going to announce something other than just put it on StarWars.com like they sometimes do? But, I mean, if they could wait another less than three months at this point, then why not just have it on the biggest world stage for Star Wars fans possible and, and put out that information there? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. that all... Point. I mean... It makes sense, but honestly, like, do we look if, if they if they announce a movie? Great, and I guess I'm going to be the probably the one that's going to be a little skeptical of Star Wars out of our group today, just because like I, I mean I think six years it was been what when was Rise of Skywalker? Well, well, basically, Milton. So let's say for all intents and purposes, <laughs> by the time a movie would come out and say 25, we're six yeah. years out from a movie, right? So like I'm hoping like at that point they have a plan in place because I mean. When it comes to the film component of Star Wars, their planning has been lackluster. I mean, uh, let's just call. I mean, people don't, probably don't want to hear this, but the sequel trilogy it, it, financially it was a success. Like we all, I can't argue that. No one mm -hmm. can argue that. It made all the movies made billions of dollars. Facts. But when it comes to fan acclaim, even some critical stuff at times, like it wasn't the most successful. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't a bomb. Clearly, because pe people do like those movies. I have to give mm -hmm. them that credit too. But they weren't universally loved. You know, they, they definitely have like those elements of how people felt about the prequels back in the mid 2000s. Now, let, let's say 10 years from now, they might say, hey, you know, looking back at those movies, they're fire. 
I, I disagree, especially with The Last Jedi. But um, <laughs> my faith in what their movie-making decisions right now isn't the greatest because, again, they haven't been consistent, and the plan wasn't a consistent plan altogether. I'm hopeful that Kathleen Kennedy has learned from her mistakes. That that's yeah. what good leaders do. Good leaders self-reflect. They do self-assessments. They, they retool. I mean, we use sports analogies here all the time. Any great head coach that plays any professor that works in any professional sport, if they're successfully successful in winning for twenty plus years or whatever, they always reassess. They're always saying, "How can we get better?" Look at look at over the years as an example for sports. Look at how Nick Saban's changed in Alabama. Every year, there's always something different, and they're always the best team in college football. One of the best. That's a good example. I'll I'll say them and the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Patriots, whatever. Like in those sports, just because those teams are always on top. Mm -hmm. Star Wars is always one of those main IPs that's universally loved globally. So. If Kathleen Kennedy is the face of the franchise, as Nick Saban would be of Alabama or Bill Belichick would be of the Patriots or Mike Tomlin of the Steelers, like those gentlemen and women always have to say, let me reevaluate myself as their leader and coach. Let's reevaluate the staff and coaches around me. In this case with Kathleen Kennedy, it'd be her producers. It'd be her artists. It'd be her actors. It'd be whatever she has to do as the president of you know, Lucasfilm. I hope she says, hey, let's look back on what happened though during that seven-year run. How can we get better? What worked? What didn't? And how can we push forward to bring on a new set of trilogies? I mean, because you know they're going to do another trilogy. I mean, it just makes sense to do another trilogy at this point. Um, yeah. Well, here's the thing, too. I think with that whole thing, one of the best ways to do it, you know, like ushering in a new movie, like era or whatever, because, you know, it, it sounds like they're going to be heading post-Episode 9, but... um. You know, I feel like a good way with them ushering it in, like if they do bring in John Williams, that'll already like add in a little bit of extra credibility to the fans, you know. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I agree. With that. I mean, if they, if they brought in John Williams or even old boy from um, the animation movies uh, or the Kiner. animation shows, Kevin Kiner or um, was it Michael Giacchino? Like, he, he's a good composer. He did a good yeah. job of Rogue One soundtrack. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's, it's not like they can't bring in these people that can be credible or at least put faith back into the films the problem is going to be and people gonna be skeptical of it is planning is there one clear vision and concise story mm -hmm. if the trilogy because we i mean again i legit can go back and watch those three films and be like okay the force awakens made sense for what yep. it was okay yep, yep, yep. that's the kick last jedi kind of pivoted and rise of skywalker is like that like that weird stepchild this is that it's just like no i mean and, and, and that sounds horrible but it's like does that movie really fit with what they were trying to do? I think The Last Jedi threw stuff off. Again, that's because there's two different directors, multiple writers, two different visions. Yeah. One was just trying to fix another one's issues. I know we had Leia or um, what's her name pass away. Um, Carrie Fisher passed away. It's unfortunate. Um, but at the same time, though, it was like we, we just didn't have a, there was no clear plan. And I think Daisy Risley even kind of said it in an interview. She's like, they, they were rewriting in the middle of filming because yeah. they were trying to get things right. And it's like, wait, what? So, I mean, look, it, Chris, I, I'm hoping when you're at Star Wars Celebration, was that this upcoming spring? Yep, April. When you're there, I, I'm hopeful that they'll come out and say, hey, we have, like Marvel does, a 10-year gap or 10-year window. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, like, I know DC 
with the new DC look, James Gunn and Peter Safran yep. are trying to get that put together, uh -huh. which is great for that brand. So come out, Celebration, Kathleen. If you want to announce some movies, mm -hmm. great. Make sure you have a slate. Say, hey, we got trilogy with some anthology or I guess, you know, Star Wars stories or whatever. But at least say we're going with this director, this writer for all three. Oh, you know, man. Just, just give, give us something consistent. Man, yeah, I mean, so I could I could see him doing that. I mean, you know, there's rumors and rumblings out there. That's potentially what could be coming at Celebration. But, you know, like you mentioned, Milton, it's like they just got to they just got to prove it to us, basically. Exactly. Yeah, prove it, and prove it to I us. Can. Look, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. OK, I've <laughs> been a fan since I was a young pup. There's been so many times that the Eagles have done me dirty yeah. as a fan. But I keep coming back because they always pull me in. They always set us right for like four or five years then they take three years back they'll take four steps back and all of a sudden we take five steps forward like you know, Jalen Hurts you know what I'm saying let's go <laughs> but as a sports fan we go through those ebbs and flows too so as a Star Wars fan we're going through those ebbs and flows right now I'm hoping that Kathleen and her team is going to say hey let's get this ship back on track just because we need to win over the fans like Milton mm -hmm. who have a sour taste in his mouth for how those sequel trilogy movies went and how there was a lack of planning and that's why i think they should still go in the old republic era because at least that won't have any bad taste in anybody's mouth because it's brand new <laughs> characters at all exactly so I, I guess i mean look was he was this even a topic tonight i'm just going to hijack this section for a minute that's all like, right hey we're, well, we're just doing an impromptu celebration movie talk <laughs> if you guys had to pick like if you guys were kathleen kennedy you know, and they said, if someone came to you and said, hey, you know, Chris, Ben, what, what's the next trilogy we should focus on? Like, what would you be, what would be the ideal trilogy or set of films that you think would win over the public, that would win over the generic Star Wars fan? And obviously that would pull in a hardcore fan and say, oh my God, this is what we okay, want. Okay, I know. I know. So, so I just said it. The Old Republic, the Old Republic why <laughs> is because it's going to be aesthetically completely different than anything we've seen in Star Wars before. Hell, maybe right. it doesn't even have lightsabers. Maybe they have it. Maybe they go that far back, and it's like sword, and it's more like a fantasy movie than it's science fiction. Vibro the the vibroblades or something. Yeah, or something like that. Like, like maybe it could be in a part where they don't even have hyperspace travel. Like, it could be like the old republic could be um, an origin for like a lot of things, not to just just the Jedi, but they could have like non force sensitive characters like inventing hyperspace and like learning mm -hmm. about exploration. You could have like people over here doing this um, because I think that was one of the biggest things about and I and I get it. You know, they wanted to make the sequel trilogy nostalgic and familiar for for the fans of the original movie. It's like they want to bring in those old fans and bring in the new fans. So it's like we got to have a combination. Okay, they've done that. You know, this they milked. Star Wars for billions at this point. They've easily made back their four billion at this point. Now is when they could start experimenting, start going in other places, and also just the bad taste that's left in a lot of people's mouths from Rise of Skywalker and all that. It makes sense to put that on the back burner, revisit that after they win back more of the fans for the for the on screen movie stuff at least. Right. Okay, I like that. I think that's really good. Um, like you said, Chris, because it kind of like clears the decks basically for mm -hmm. all of that, some of that um, bad taste and whatnot. But for me, I'm leaning actually more toward the post episode nine stuff, but I would do it in this way. So I would do the post episode nine stuff, but I think how you do it, how you went over your 
your Scorn fans, your fans that love the sequels, your fans that don't, your fans that love other properties. I mean, you'd have to find a creative way to do the story, but I think the way you do it, I mean, we'll have to see how Mando turns out, but I think the way you do it is you have some of these characters, you have some of the events, maybe maybe you have Thrawn jump the sequel trilogy, because the sequel mm. trilogy only happens over like a year and a half, two year span or yeah. whatever. So yeah. if you can have Thrawn, I think, jump the sequel trilogy and be the new big bad for like the film universe, mm-hmm. do that, do that. It gets hardcore fans online because people are like, oh my gosh, we're finally getting Thrawn in the movies, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then you get your sequel fans because they'll be like, oh, it's the sequel era, blah, 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 you know? And then you have Thrawn be the, I mean, to me, like the Thanos, like literally just be mm-hmm. the Thanos yeah. of the Star Wars universe. You, you don't even have to do a trilogy. You could do a series of movies mm-hmm. leading up to some big battle with Thrawn or something eventually, just because you have it all built up and you have the goodwill from the Mandalorian and you have Grogu who, like I mentioned in uh, a few weeks ago, Grogu is their failsafe because look, he's only 50 years old and he's cute as hell. So just um, just jumping another twenty years past the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. he's still going to be a little baby and still cute as hell. So mm-hmm. the thing is, you you still have Grogu to play around with. You have Thrawn to play around with. You have some of the other like the actual, you know, Den probably will be too old by then. But you know, you have the Mandalorian esque like the Mandalorians can appear then post Episode Nine. So you have a lot of goodwill built up. I think the way you craft post episode nine is through the Mandoverse of shows oh. and go go that route because then you know it's the most popular mandalorian that whole saga is like the most popular thing out there one of them so like i think you go that route and have thrawn be your big bad because my thing i keep going back to on guys is like this think about it this way say we have a potential movie getting announced in celebration this this coming april my thing is, by the time the Mandalorian season, at least season four, is done, that'll mm-hmm. be before the end of next... It'll be maybe next fall, fall of 24, maybe, or maybe spring of 25. So think about it, like, are how are they going to end the Mand- the Mandoverse? Because, you know, oh, they talked right. about, like, connecting these shows in, into one climatic crossover event or whatever. My thing is, a lot of these roads are pointing to the Mandoverse ending in 25 and maybe the movie that gets introduced in 25 and in that december slot is the wrap-up of the mandalorian saga into post episode Mm, nine and then they could spit out more movies after that big event yep that's what i'm thinking because because like where else would the mandalorian how else are they going to end the mandalorian the mandoverse they can't do it like the cw where you have monday tuesday wednesday thursday you know episode of mando um, Ahsoka, you know, you can't do it like that how the CW did it with Arrow, The Flash, Legends, you know, you can't do it that way because that's not how the shows air on Disney+. Plus. Mm. So to me, they have to do it through a movie and all signs point to if they announce a movie, it's probably going to be connected to the Mandoverse. Um, I would guess anyways, but that's kind of <laughs> my thoughts I think I would go down the route of. I would go down the route of connecting the Mandalorian universe to the wider theatrical version of the saga and then have Thrawn be your Thanos. Then we're gonna have Finn going up against the Thrawn. Okay. I mean I mean if the, he's the biggest threat of the galaxy at that time because <laughs> you could have Thrawn coming back like, hey, I'm the bad I'm the big bad left. 
Hmm. What do you think about that, Milton? What, which one? Would you rather go back in time or would you go into the future? I mean, like, it. either way, I mean, look, I, <laughs> I think, honestly, I would love to see probably definitely Old Republic. Like, and, and they got to be in the fight. Like, I'm talking about, like, Bastila Steel, um, all those, like, characters. You know, like, they're fire. Um, like, I, so I, I go with Old Republic. Like, I want to see those characters just wreck people. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I want to see Jedi's that can fight. Like, I, I that's one thing I, li I don't like about the sequels. They just couldn't fight, in my opinion. Um, I think another one when it comes to flashing, flashing forward. God, because I, I'm such a huge Legends fan, and like I know those books so well. Like we we had the perfect opportunity for the the, the Legacy of the Force books, or even like the New Jedi Order ones. So I couldn't tell you where I want to go at this point. If you're going to go in the future. It's, it's got to be at least 100 years just because, like, you got to at least separate it. Unless, unless you really want to rebuild Ray's stock. Well, it sounded like. You know, if, if you want to re re rebuild Ray's stock, then you need to adapt. You need to adapt the, the Legends books that are currently there and kind of, like, center it around her, but, like, spr like, spring her off with some new characters and at least strengthen her, but also kind of redeem her, redeem her too. Because I just feel like Ray to me. She really ain't a Skywalker, in my opinion. She don't really feel important to the Star Wars saga. Yeah, I know she wrecked Palpatine. <laughs> don't really mean nothing to me. Like, I mean, yeah. and I, and I'm one fan. Not, not saying my word matters, but like yeah. when I hear Luke Skywalker, he's impactful. When I hear Leia Organa, she's impactful. When I hear Anakin, mm. impactful. You know what I'm saying? Obi Wan. You know what I'm saying? But like Ray, I'm like, all right. Like, well, my I, favorite, like you know what I'm well, saying? So this, if they're, they're going to use her, they got to rebuild her right. Well, my pretty thing that like, gets me about her... Oh, go on, Milton. No, but I'll say, you, they, they got to pull a Rocky 4 or a Rocky 3 with Ray. Oh, facts. Well, see, that's my thing that gets me about Ray. I mean, this could be a two-hour podcast on, on this discussion to begin with. Um, my thing when it comes to Ray is she is one of the most, like, underused, underappreciated, underrated character... Or, like underwhelming characters i love daisy ridley's portrayal of ray like she does she plays her so well and then like she just it feels like after episode seven it just felt like she was like barely used you yeah, know especially yeah, yeah. especially episode eight i don't know about you guys but like to me having her just flying around in the falcon at the end of episode eight with chewy is so so lame um like to me it's like she should have been doing something like because I Daisy really does such a good job of portraying her. It's like I would love to see them do more with her. Maybe you know, like her, her and Finn. Like maybe Finn's her first like apprentice or something, or you know, and them rebuilding the Jedi or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just gonna be interesting because I'll talk to you guys about some of the little things that Jeff Snyder talked about that are real interesting for some of these upcoming projects after the podcast, but um. But yeah, like there's definitely some potential in that direction. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, whether just, yo, go ahead. No, nah, I just, I just want, like I said, I still want, I don't want to be negative about this all the time. Like, because, like I said, there are parts of the sequels that I do like. There are parts of it. I'm just saying, for if if Kathleen Kennedy is the leader that we think she is, and if she, if they want to portray Ray as the new face of Star Wars. Moving forward, because again, she's not dead, so you don't want to just let that character sit. You want to at least continue to tell her story. 
So I think you have to go out outside your way to build her up. Now, give her, build her up to the point where we, there are stakes with her where she earns it. Like Luke Skywalker earned where he was. Anakin earned who he was as a character. Obi-Wan. Here's the I thing. Spent, go ahead. I don't know how you get much greater than earning by killing the Emperor of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, how do you have bigger stakes than that? Like, I mean, yeah. the guy was destroying it, it a just, fleet with his fingertips right, right. with lightning. Well, well okay, Milton, I, like, <laughs> like Milton's, Milton's trying to say, like, you know, just the way they portrayed it, you know, it just didn't, it just didn't work well. Because, like that's I said, the movie, Emperor you know, that that's Kirk why. In this entire sequel, nothing bad happens to her in this sequel. And people, someone tried to tell me, well, Milton, her parents were are left or were killed. I'm like, yeah? So what parents aren't killed in Star Wars? Yeah, like, <laughs> but I'm just... <laughs> Luke, Luke saw his aunt and uncle get burned to death. All right? Just saying. He, he turned out fine. But, like, she never gets hurt. She, she, she's not really challenged. Every challenge she comes up against, she winds up winning. I don't know how. Like, that first fight in, in The Force Awakens, she should have lost. I don't care what anyone tells me. And, like, for her to never physically get hurt at all, it's goofy. Because Ray, or excuse me, Kylo got his face right. He got stabbed by her. You know, how does that happen? Luke gets his arm cut off. Anakin gets his arm sliced off, and he gets burned and becomes our like. How, Leia gets her whole entire planet wiped out. Like I'm just saying, Ray to me didn't earn it as her as her character because she doesn't go through anything. Please, I mean, if anyone's listening, rewatch those movies and you'll see what I'm talking about. They're like, man, Ray really just wipes through. Like she just wrecks everybody. How? <laughs> Like that, that that's not good, right? That's not how you develop a character. You have to have him or her relate to the audience. You have to say, hey, we would go through something like that. We would be triggered by these things. We would have to struggle. Well, Even I mean, she was like, struggling, it, though. I mean, well, in, the, in, well, I, in The Force Awakens, she's growing up on this desert planet, yeah. like barely scrounging by Look, with these portions, and she All right. Guys, I basically tried to. Well, all right, all right. So here's the thing. I, I think this is the hangup for like this, like uh, this, like discussion, and like the, the part I think that people always like miss when it comes to this. Like, it's an issue with again with the movie making. Like to me, it's not even like the on-screen content. It's the movie making and the decisions that take place. Because like according, I'm pretty sure to like the Last Jedi book. Um, I think it was the Last Jedi. Or it might have been the end of the Force Awakens. Whatever. But like. The events of Force Awakens and Last Jedi are literally like a week apart. Like you need to stretch that out yeah, so it gives yeah. Ray so it gives Ray two or three years of training. Because when you wake up a week later, it's like we still have the same character from episode seven, you know, you know, continuing on. So like I think that's the problem with it was it's just again management. Yeah. Like I think that was the the big part. And like it's like hopefully I, I don't know. I feel like the way they're heading though with it milton i think they um i feel like they they gotta take have taken feedback because you're at least criticism you know because like if you think about it like after last jedi and after rise like they've been pretty safe like on listening to the fans on like decision making for the most part like i mean heck they gave us a book of boba fett show maybe in their eyes they thought it was gonna be great like but they gave us a boba fett show because like the fans were like crying out for it so like 
they're listening, so maybe on this next theatrical run, they'll like actually give us something, you know, to really be hype about. I, I've I've said it since day one of this podcast. We got the, they, they got the source material. You know what I'm saying? Like you got it. Pull the best of the source material and adapt it. It, it don't got to be the same exact story. Mm. We cannot have Jana and Jason Solo. I understand that. I can read those and listen to those all day. So be it. But you know what? Those story treatments and elements of those particular books or any other books out there, you can take those and adapt them into the movies. Just if you got to rename characters, re- rebrand them, so be it. That's fine. I can again, it's legends. I can go back and read them separately. We got the source material. Adapt well, it. It's good I think stuff. That's what we're doing with the Thrawn stuff right now. I think we're getting a rough adaptation of Heir to the Empire. Like I think that's what they're they're doing right now with this saga because like. It's inevitable. Like, we know we're going to be getting Luke. Like, whenever we have this big battle mm-hmm. thing or whatever, wh- whatever happens with the conclusion of the Mandoverse, like, you know Luke's going to be in it, I'm sure. Right. Ahsoka's well, so, obviously in it, and so well, on and so, so on. So this, so this goes back to your original question, Chris, or my, my question about me answering it now. What I want to see for Star Wars moving forward, like, at this point, that's going to win me over, I need a, I need a Darth Plagueis movie, for sure, with, 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 with a Matt Smith playing Palpatine. Or I need, or I need some type of like Luke Skywalker miniseries, like two or three seasons, with him like doing what he's doing, like you know, after Return of the Jedi. You, you give me that, or give, or give, give me an animation of that. I'll be fine. There you go. That that's our question to you in the chat. Uh, also, we had a cool guy stopping in from Britain. He was saying he got a. His name is Doctor Mad Studio, and he was saying as we were going over this. He actually got, uh, he purchased off Etsy a medical glass vial with a label written on it in Arabesh, and it, it's the Black Wing Shadow Virus or the Black Wing Virus cool. from, from Death Troopers. He was telling, I, I was talking with him in the chat as you guys were going back and forth, and it was like, oh, it's really cool. Like, that's got to be one of the coolest, like, collectible things to have. And you literally and, never and the way he was, like that. Yeah, the way he's explaining is like, you could see like this stuff that's like floating around. Um, inside of this tube, very interesting. It's like the red spores, and they float around uh, when you move it. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, so I wanted to make sure. I wanted to make sure he gave him a shot. He's like, yeah, it's it's two. It's almost two a.m. here, and <laughs> where he's at. So that's pretty cool. But um, but yeah, we want to hear from you guys as well in the chat or after the fact. Uh, are you looking forward to more of something going in the future with Star Wars, or something going even before the time of the High Republic? Let us know in the comment section down below. Getting into this week's releases, we had quite a few on the comic side of things. We had four issues of various comics. First off, we had the adaptation, as we were just talking, for The Mandalorian. This is based off Season 1, Episode 7, um, The Redemption, or whatever that, that episode is called. Uh, we also had Darth Vader issue number 30 as well as the High Republic issue number four and the High Republic Adventures issue number two. So yeah, uh, Marvel is not stopping giving us an onslaught of comics. And uh, they actually revealed and announced a new one this week. It's called Star Wars Darth Vader, Black, White, and Red. And uh, just when you thought you needed less Darth Vader, they give us more. And yeah, that's my bone to pick with Marvel and Disney and Lucasfilm or whoever's giving the call. It's like, man, oh man, I get why they're making these Darth Vader comics, but it is... It is getting tiring. It's like there's so many other characters in the Star Wars galaxy. Let's see, we had uh, three Darth Vader ongoing runs. Then we have 
the Vader crossover uh, down. Then we have Vader Dark Visions, and we had a canceled Darth Vader series. It's like just okay. Like give us a Quinlan Voss comic book already, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they like I messaged in our group chat back. All I messaged was the money symbol, and that's why because they know. If you if you even tell an okay story with Darth Vader in terms of like books and stuff, people will buy it because it's Darth Vader. It's the most iconic villain probably ever and ever just period like movies shows. And then you know I mean it's Darth Vader. Like I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. Like they're gonna you know they're gonna keep pushing out comics books. Um, they don't even make that know, many books with him. That's the crazy part. There's literally only one Darth Vader book out right now. It's called Lords of the Sith. It's not even just him. It's him and and the Palpatine. Yeah, I'm surprised Pal- they haven't had a straight up Darth Vader book. Besides, yeah, I mean, and that came out in 2016. I, I, think, yeah, I think or earlier. I think, so, I think some of that too has to do with they want to be careful of getting like to me like when it comes to like closeness to the movies. You know, you have like the the movies, the shows. The books, the books and games are probably on the same level, and I would say comics maybe are like one tier little, a little yeah, bit below that so, in terms yeah. of like their prioritizing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the closer you get to like the shows, like to the sh- like the books and video games, like that's a little too close for comfort for them in terms of like the shows and, and movies. So it's like they want to play it safe just in case they want to do like a kind of reworking of stories, like yeah, they've done yeah. with say like they like you know you know you we went we all talked about it with um, Bad Batch season one with Kanan in the comics versus Kanan Kanan mm-hmm. in Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what they're doing with Vader. Like they want to make sure they don't get too close to the timeline, too close to like, you know, the events um in terms of like the live action events because it's like they want to make sure they don't have you know, they 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 got backlash about Kanan. You know, they if people if they go and do something with Vader and then change it up in a show right away like people would be all over them for that. So, like, I think that's why. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. It's just, um, oh, man. It's like, it's just when you th- just when you think we were done with that whole thing. Oh, nope, here's another Darth Vader. Co- the funny part is we still have that ongoing. It's not even like that's ending. So we're going to technically have two Darth Vader books coming well, out don't at the worry, same Chris, time. You know, <laughs> you, know, you know what celebration? I mean, they're going to have plenty of Vader merchandise <laughs> because... It's the Return of the Jedi um, oh, thing, isn't yeah, it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right. They'll probably have another... They'll probably have a third Darth Vader story, because remember, we, were, we reported on they were doing those, like, one-shot Return of the Jedi. One of the first was Jabba. Guarantee that there will be a Darth Vader one in there, like you said, somewhere. Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. I'm just, you know, nitpicking. Nitpicking is all. Um, speaking of video games, this was a really cool, surprising thing. came out from... Uh, the one reporter, um, uh, well, he's not, I don't know if he's a reporter or not. Somebody on Twitter made a post, uh, Benji Sales. He, they have the NPDs uh, for uh, the overall sales of video games for the year of 2022. And Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga came in 5 out of 10, which is really surprising. I did not realize how well this game was selling and was hitting with people. I've... I've basically played over a hundred hours in the game, and um, I know Ben, you've played it a little bit. But like, I'm yep. gonna run. I'm gonna run down this list real quick. Uh, MPD list. So number one, of course. Who would expect Call of Duty: Modern Warfare 2? Number two, Elden Ring. Of course, it's a big one this year. Ben, this one's for you. We got Madden 23 coming at number three. 
God of War Ragnarok, a, a PlayStation exclusive game coming at number four. Lego Star Wars, as I said, number five. Lego Star Wars beat out Pokemon Scarlet and Violet at number six. It beat out uh, FIFA, which is always a really high selling game at number seven. It beat out another Pokemon game, Pokemon Le- Legends Arceus. It beat out uh, Horizon Forbidden West, and it beat out MLB The Show 22. So, like, man, oh, man. Like, it actually was able to out overcome some staunch, um, you know, veteran type games out there i'm surprised as heck did this well here's the thing to think about okay so i know this is a star wars podcast um what number was the pokemon scarlet game six yeah think about that okay guys that game came out i'm pretty sure like the first week of november and it's number six yeah like that is that is like psycho prices like that is crazy they made that much money in just two months oh yeah like what in the world? Like you know, you know, just to throw that out there, that's that's that shows you how popular that franchise is, and like how how much fans are into that. But you know, like with Star Wars, it's crazy to see like a Lego game, you know, that like cracking the top five in sales, like with the popular games like Call of Duty and Madden, Elden Ring, all those things. Like it's awesome seeing like a Star Wars game, especially a Lego game, you know, mm-hmm. cracking the top five. Yeah, I mean, it's a family-based game, so you're going to get a lot of higher people. I, I'd be very curious to see whether Jedi Survivor or LEGO Star Wars ends up making more money because I, I think as it stands, when I last checked, LEGO Star Wars is around like 4 million units sold. So I don't know how much Fallen Order sold the first game, but that could be could be pretty interesting. But, you know, this just goes to show Disney, like, Disney, make more games. You make a lot of money when you make your video games. Just make more of them. More frequent. There you go. <laughs> just we're, just make sure you have quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. And they've been doing good with that. They've been doing good with that. Every game that has come out, um, except Star Wars Uprisings, besides that game, I think it's been at least a, a 7, if not an 8 out of 10. On my scale, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I think we're ready to get into our discussion proper here for what we're here to talk about tonight. As the title suggests, The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3, titled The Solitary Clone, in which we have the return of Commander Cody, who orders none other than Crosshair, who we're roaring about, wasn't in the premiere last week. We get to see plenty of him as they go on a rescue mission when the governor is taken by some Separatist holdouts, and it's up to him and them to break them out I'm going to start this one. I'm going to throw a wrench in the equation. I'm going to go ahead and, and give my thoughts on this one first, and then I'll throw it to you guys. Man, oh, man. Um, so many things to talk about. This was a complete tonal shift from the premiere, if you ask me. This felt more like a an Andor episode. It felt more like um, a Clone Wars episode, like the Rookies episode or the Umbar arc episodes or the Landing at Point Rain episodes on Geonosis. Like, this is a, a clone, elite clone force going in. This reminded me of Black Hawk Down meets Star Wars. Their transport crashes down. It's just a couple clones versus tanks versus uh, droid takers versus commando droids. Literally everything that could get thrown at them, and they came out on top using ingenuity of the clones and the extra adept combat abilities of Crosshair being a, um engineered clone and all that. But it felt somber. I love the musical taste in this. Kevin Kiner put in a music track that reminded me like I was watching something from like um, Blade Runner or something, like a very atmospheric 
kind of different sound for Star Wars that did evoke some of the Clone Wars music to a certain degree. We got great tie-ins to, uh, again, the legacy of Count Dooku, the Separatists, how they mentioned that, you know, he had a good idea, but maybe went about the wrong way. Just the overall scope of where we're seeing this going. You know, Commander Cody going AWOL. He's like thinking against the orders of the Empire as the second person in the last two episodes versus Captain Wilco got killed. And Crosshair, maybe he's feeling remorse. Like, there's just so much happening in this episode that I'm going to just say right now, this was easily a 9 out of 10 episode. I'm not going to wait for it. Um, and it's definitely one of the best Bad Batch episodes to date. I'm going to throw it over to Ben. Yeah, to me, this is top three. Top three in terms of Bad Batch ever, at least top three, um, if not the best, potentially. Like, it's right there, one, two, or three for me. And it's just because, like, you know, for all the points you mentioned, like, the tone, the action, the story, like, the character choices between, like, Cody and Crosshair, like, the whole negotiation scene between Cody mm. and the governor, like, that whole thing was so good. And then seeing Cody's reaction when she gets um, gunned oh. um, by Crosshair, like, that whole... Like, I was surprised by it. Like, I at first thought she was going to, like, make it out of it. Like, you know, I thought Cody was going to, like, shut the situation down. And, mm -hmm. you know, of course, it doesn't go that way. Like, so those type of things happening, to me, it's just like, man, this is, like, great storytelling, great episode writing. And also, it kind of confirms uh, what what we discussed last, or what um, I brought up to you guys last week on the podcast. So I think... Our question, and especially I think Milton, it was your like one of your main critiques last week was I think our question got answered. Like I think the storyline is purely gonna be based around like the clone rebellion. Like I think that's the story the story we're getting. And I think it's gonna keep progressing each episode. Like this week, boom, we get Cody going AWOL. So like what's it gonna be next week? Like maybe Cody meeting up with the guys or like, you know, them tracking them hearing rumors and tracking him down or something. Like you know, mm -hmm. I think they answered our story question of what's going on, and I think that question is the Clone Rebellion. There you go. Nolan? Opening thoughts. I like this episode a lot. I mean, to me, this is up there with the, pr the premiere episode. Uh, I think the... Um, oh, my God. Who was in... The Bounty Hunter, who's in Season 2. Not finishing. Cad, um, Cad Bane episode. Yeah. Uh, and this one, these are my top three episodes thus Whoa. far. I, I thought, first of all, that opening shot of the planet looked gorgeous. I oh, thought the yeah. visual it's I, I think they stepped their game up with the visuals in this particular episode. Like the way they shot it, the way it looked, it looked very cinematic to me. I love this episode. I legit said it to myself watching it. I'm thinking, <laughs> if this is gonna be the entire season, I'm gonna like this season. Yeah. <laughs> my fear my, yeah, my fear is next week's gonna be a sit episode. And oh. I'm gonna be like, well, like, you had all this momentum, but, like, um, I love this episode. I love that it was a focus on the clones, and mm -hmm. this is what it was called, the Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and, yes, they're always in the episodes, but this truly felt like an episode about clones and, like, the, the, the idiosyncrasies of the Empire and the inside baseball of the Empire and the corruption and, you know, like, the questioning. Like, that's what, that's what we want to see, because we now need to see how they're going to start phasing out more elements of the Republic and bringing in obviously elements of the Empire. They're going to start phasing out the clones. I mean, he kind of hinted at it in this episode about saying he's like, yeah, you know, 
isn't it crazy how more clone troopers keep disappearing or whatever? Mm. You know, and they, I think they meant something about recruiting in this episode too. So, but I, I loved it. I loved how the action flowed, the music, the visuals, the story. This is perfect storytelling. Like again, this is definitely an, a a nine or a ten type episode. Facts. Yeah. Um, well, well, one if, thing for me. Go on, Milton. I was say if they continue <laughs> to make this show like this episode, then I'm going to like watching every week. You know, mm-hmm. I actually I got up from the gym, came home and watched it at six o'clock in the morning as I was getting ready for the day. I don't I rarely do that. You guys know that. I was oh, yeah. watching during the day. But I was <laughs> like, oh, let me check this one out. Because I saw one of you guys' messages about, hey, this is a good episode. I was like, okay, let me check it out. I'm thinking, oh, okay. Like yeah. this is this is good. Like I, I like this one. I'm thinking this is fire. Um, my fear is Sid's going to show back up next week, uh, and I don't yeah. want to see her. <laughs> like, come on. The Imperials I... are going to get her. They're going to get her. We're going to open up. We're going to see Imperial gunships going down, blowing the place up. Like, yay! We're going to be over here going, yay! <laughs> uh, I think this is... Well, one thing to note on this episode, too, as a whole, I mean, I mean, I think you briefly mentioned it, Chris, but I liked... I liked how they did the opening with Rampart and the closing with Rampart on the episode. Like, I mm-hmm. really, really liked that a lot, actually, because it felt, I don't know, it felt like a video game to me, you know? Like, you're starting with your mission, like your commander, then you're ending, you know, like with your commander. Like, you know, it felt oh, like a yeah, video yeah, game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I love, quest giver. And I love. Yep, yep. Go on, Chris. Sorry. No, like he's a quest giver. You're getting the quest and you're returning the quest yep. back in like World of Warcraft. Yep. <laughs> I, I love I loved that feel. I really, really loved it. And then my thing is, this is my fear for next week. <laughs> Add to our, our great Sid discussion. Everyone on the podcast knows we just love that character. Um, but I think this coming week, and I'm, I feel like it's inevitable, but it's going to go back to our guys and Omega Sid's going to have have him go on some type of a mission. And then at the end, we'll get the hint of Cody. I bet. I bet you that's the way they'll go. Then again, I mean, who knows? We might get a Cody episode next week and it just be like Cody trying to find the guys. But but I don't know. I could see it being Cody hinted at at the end of the episode coming up just because of, you know, our track record with the show. Mm hmm. So let's start off by kind of going maybe through a little bit of a chronological order for the most part. Just opening with this planet. I was like, I literally said out loud, I was like, oh, is this Sol- is it not Solus? Is this um the planet from Kessel? I was like, oh, is this Kessel? Because it's like a lot of dust and everything going around. And it was just so neat to see the Imperials trying to kind of get their power and just take over other places. Like, I like to see how that go, how that transpired. The Imperials are showing up with their forces like, yeah, we're basically just taking over. And they're like, no, you aren't. So it's really cool to see, like, not everybody's just going to fall over for them. Not everybody's just going to be like, eh, okay. Like, these guys straight up, this this woman who is related or not related, that was a, a staunch supporter of the Separatists, was part was a Separatist. It's like, no, this is this is our territory screw you essentially and it's just cool to see how that happens because the empire does extend its power very very far into the galaxy as we see with mando it doesn't go quite as far as the outer rim but it's nice to see how that spread of the influence goes in the early days of the empire oh yeah i mean that's i think that was that's one of the more charming parts this 
of this episode was, you know, just seeing seeing the spread of it. Like, you know, it's just because if you think about it with like our live action stuff, you know, we saw a bit of it. The original trilogy, we saw some, but it's not. I mean, like, you know, we saw Leia getting arrested. Basically, we saw like some of the Imperials on Tatooine but they only were there because of the escape pods. Like we saw bits and pieces of like the Imperials, but like, even if you think about it, like other than like the trap for Luke on Bespin, like, you know, we didn't see like the Imperials occupying Bespin. Like they weren't there, like spreading like the, like the Imperial vibe basically. So like, it's cool actually getting to see like the, um, I guess like the claws of the empire, like, or like the tentacles of the empire, I guess you would say like spreading out more and more across the galaxy mm-hmm. versus like, I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, they're there and out of sight, but on this show, they're there and in sight. Like, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're, you actually know they're there. You know, that, that's a good point. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. Both you and Ben or Chris and Ben, what you said about the empire, just, spreading it and seeing how it's done. I mean, I think that's what these shows are supposed to be designed to do. These are the more um, micro approaches when it comes to storytelling in the mm-hmm. sense of like, what's the, what's going on within the world of star Wars, you know? Cause again, like we don't, we, we, we know Luke Skywalker and those guys will be coming in 20 and what, 10 years, whatever it is at this time, mm-hmm. you know, at some point in the sense of when they're adults, we get that. However, the world don't evolve around the Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. I want to see what's going on with the Empire, too. So, like, I, I, I'm liking that we're seeing this, and I hope we get more of it. I hope we get to see more development of, of the Empire and how it's affected the clones. Because, again, people don't under if, if I show the Star Wars film to a random person now, they're not going to know that that there used to be clone troopers. They're going to say, oh, these stormtroopers are like regular human beings. And it's like, no, there's a story behind why they're just regular human beings, you know, and they're no longer clones. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm glad we get to see this. I hope we get to see more of it. Yeah, I'm very curious if George Lucas ever divulged the information to Dave Filoni, like exactly why they phased them out, you know? Because we got I'm the Clone sure Wars. That, I'm pretty sure that was that's in like a book or something. Link was like the Empire felt like it was just cost. It was too much to do clones, and it cost too much, and you know, you just, like numbers, basically. Yeah, get more numbers and. That type of thing. It was like a cost thing too. It's like, honestly, they're all about the money. Yeah, because it's a very, I mean, I mean, it's a very big plot point, right? I mean, it, this is a big transition of power. I, I would like to think that George, uh, George Lucas gave the notes to Dave, and then Dave gave the notes to Brad Rowell and and uh, Cor and, and Corbett, the the writers on the show, to be like, all right, here's the rough idea, elaborate, and that's what their responsibilities are to, to really flesh this out. But they've been given the broad strokes already, sort of thing. Right. Oh yeah. I think I think that's exactly what it is. Like they're they're probably like just going off that and like you know just filling in the details. Like you know, especially like with Dave Filoni being involved. Like I just think he has such a good beat on this stuff in terms of like creating the stories, creating like a general gist and direction of where like fans would like things to go. You know, mm-hmm. with the characters with with the not even with the characters with the actual like the outcomes of the galaxy like in terms of the politics the imperial army the uh you know just the overall story i feel like feloni has such a good beat on that stuff you know we've seen that in bad batch we saw that in rebels clone wars obviously and then you know we'll see that in ahsoka too like i feel like ahsoka is going to be another big hit show just because it's like 
I think he has such a good beat on the fans on on or um what's the word like a pul- like the pulse of the fans like he knows what they like what what they don't like what they you know what they may need they don't need need you know they don't know they need like you know I feel like he he has such a good understanding of the fandom like you know that's why we're getting episodes like this in this show because these are questions that you know us three would be sitting here on a podcast if this show didn't exist we'd be sitting here on this podcast mm-hmm. going man I wonder I wonder how the empire phased out the clones you know you know that'd be something fans would bring up mm-hmm. and it's good that they're like covering it yeah, let's get into this new character named Tawny Ames, who is the governor of what's the planet called? It's something with a D. Um, is it like Destra or something? Destra or something? I can't remember, yeah. But anyway, it's interesting because, like, this imperial governor comes in. He's like, I am now the governor of your planet. She's like, No, I'm the governor of my own planet. So they have this disagreement and then they have this discussion in the throne room or whatever that place is where it's like, she's, he's like, Oh, we're we're, the empire. That's purpose is to bring peace and security to the galaxy or something. And she's talking about this legacy of Dooku, uh, or legacy of the separatists talking about how she was, uh, partners with Mina Bonteri. And they, she references an exact clone wars episode moment where we have the separatists, like getting together with the Republic to actually like sign this like peace agreement. And then it's like when Dooku like screws it up behind the, behind the scenes or something like that. So she's basically like, "Yeah, we tried peace already. It didn't work." So I like like the com- the comparison of the ideologies that we have. And again, like Milton, you said, like movies they don't really have time to deal with like little things like this. But it's great, and that's where this show shines because it has had moments like this where we know the show has potential and it gets into the details like this and then we get an episode where they're running around killing bugs in the in the sewers for 20 minutes and we're like, well, where's the good stuff? <laughs> like, this yeah, is the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's why it's like, this if, if this show's gonna be like this all season, they then I'm gonna love it. If, it, if we get a sit episode, which Ben, you're probably right, We'll probably get a sit episode. And I'll be the end. Hey, this shit is trash. But like, <laughs> it's just look. Again, this this was this was nice. I, I love seeing this. I love seeing more of the Empire. I mean, I I even feel like even with the premiere, we got to see, at the end we got to see you know more of the Empire's development and where they're at. So I think that should be the primary purpose of this particular season is the 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 story of the clones and where they're going. The development of, of the Empire, because I know we should get Palpatine in one of these episodes or two or whatever coming up. So I'm, I'm going to be glued to that episode because once he's on the screen, I'm not taking my eyes off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, like it's like like you both said, it's nice getting these moments, you know, with with these characters, with the ramifications, with the connection to the other other properties like the Clone Wars show. Now, you know, maybe our viewers or listeners they're listening on the podcast you know they could maybe like oh man let me go back and check out that episode you know just because it's cool that they're making connections to make things rewatchable like that's the important thing with a lot of these shows and and um you know their connectivity in canon is like making the other shows mean something and like you know that connects back to the old clone wars um and then yeah you know it's just like it's good getting to like see like these ramifications and like you mentioned Milton we're going to get Palpatine here soon enough. I'm leaning toward I think it's going to be toward whatever episode was titled Clone Conspiracy. 
I think it's going to be somewhere around that one. Maybe we're going to be getting something like, you know, Palpatine giving some public address about just totally phasing out the clones or something, you know, something like mm. totally galaxy wide. I think, I think that's where they might go with Palpatine. Cause I don't know where else he would be included. Like he has to be talking about the clones, right? I mean, mm, you're right. Actually, I don't know. Could be, could be. Yeah. So another thing that I noticed, which was really cool. And I think somebody had said in the trailer, they seen this in the trailer and was already in the clone wars was this Geonosis, or the Battle of Geonosis War Memorial on Coruscant. Have we seen that before? I've never seen it. I if thought we that's, did, I, I don't remember. That is so cool, because it really puts like the lives of the clones as individuals front and center for everybody to remember. Like, no, they aren't just numbers. It's not just them as brethren, like, you know, with one another. Like, anybody can go like civilians i guess uh, would be able to see the legacy of the clones like is this thing still standing even in the imperial era maybe they get bad blood and they destroy it because they don't want people to see the, the the legacy of the clones but i thought that was just so cool the monuments you know it harkens back to real life stuff uh, in our own world here with monuments and whatnot of different wars and whatnot but yeah what was your thoughts on that I, I had I didn't even notice it honestly like I had no idea, <laughs> um, but I mean it, if it's there that's what's up that's pretty dope I mean that that's very much a real world thing, for sure, um, and even like you mentioned like the numbers of the clones you, you notice how usually the clones are the ones that call each other by their names but the imperial soldiers are, are oh yeah and the numbers like CT nine nine blah 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 he's like you mean Cody he's yeah. like. Yeah, Commander oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and so, but he says it in a way where he's like, "I'm not giving these mother effers names. Like, I'm going to just yeah. mm -hmm. them like robots." Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's neat. We get to see Coruscant for the first time in in animation post Revenge of the Sith. I believe this is the first time we're seeing yeah. that in animation. I think, and that that was pretty cool seeing the barracks of the clones, seeing how um, Echo. Or not Echo, um, Crosshair, even though he's a clone, he's a different clone, and we're seeing the reactions of the other clones. They still look at him like that, and it's just, like, interesting. We get some more information that it's been 30 rotations since he was left on Kamino. And, you know, in Star Wars storytelling, there there is no actual days. They don't really say that. They say rotations just so they can be nebulous about time. But, I mean, that, that seems like it's a substantial amount of time. I would assume that's a month or a couple months, maybe, in Star Wars' time. So, interesting little tidbits about, you know, how long it's been, perhaps, since Season 1 at this point. Oh, yeah. Like, that was that was a part that made my, like, ears perk up. I was like, man, I wonder I wonder how long that is. But, like you said, they, they never will tell us the exact time on stuff, just because they don't want us to know the exact time on on certain events and things you know like maybe like i know one um one thing that was always brought up like if you look at the galactic map of like bespin and dagobah like it's mm -hmm. so far away like you know people were like luke could have been on dagobah for like a half year or something or Damn. close to a year potentially like you know for a long long time and you know so like that's that's the thing you really don't know the timing on events in star wars because of like how far places are apart how you know just all of that sort of stuff so it is cool just seeing them uh 
like reference that at least just to like you know it adds a little bit of that like i don't know just authentic feel to like hey they have time there we just we just don't know how to tell it and one thing i do want to throw out there real quick before we move on past the geonosis memorial statue i think keep an eye out maybe in the upcoming mandoverse shows if we ever go to coruscant with dave filoni involved we might see that statue in live action potentially oh. or, or it broken or something Think about that. Like they, he might do that. This is his show. Like, so you know, he might throw that in there as a, as just a little reference. Um, so that's something just to throw out there to our listeners as well for the upcoming Mando shows. Yeah, Mando. Um, yeah, just an idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So getting into the overall action, let's talk about that because that was a big standout. It's just. The, the, you know, we're seeing battle droids again. Yeah, and they are comedic as as always, but it wasn't nothing that took me out of it. But it was just, it was cool to see a good old clones versus droids episode. This is very much a Clone Wars episode here. Clone Wars episode on steroids. Just seeing uh, the adeptness and the skill level of Crosshair with that sniper. Just, you know, it's like a video game. First person shot, boom, 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 boom. And then even going as far as using those like those reflective pieces of metal that he's able to ricochet the bullets off. That is so freaking cool. Like, I don't know. Anybody want to talk about how cool the action was in this episode? <laughs> it was tight. I mean, it's probably one of the better action episodes in the series. Um, yeah, I like that particular part with the um, with the gun being shot. Um, what, he's going to be ricocheted? That was pretty dope because he's like, he's like, what are you going to mm-hmm. do? He's like, just throw it as far as you can. Now, yep. Like, I mean, it was, that was pretty legit. Um, yeah, I, I liked how, I will say I like how violent this show is. And that sounds mm-hmm. kind of like dramatic. What I'm saying is like, they're not, a, they're, they're not afraid to be aggressively violent. Not in a manner that's over the top, but it's like, oh, wait, the old boy got shot in the face. Or like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, they just executed old girl like there's nothing. You know, like, you don't, you don't normally get that in most cartoons. However, this is streamed on a private network or a private company. So mm-hmm. you can get with um doing that type of violence again but it's not over the top neither it's just a, a bullet shot pretty much but yeah it was cool to see how the action was i thought it was nice to see the clones be what they are and their their strategy like or user strategy use their wit out thinking the droids i actually was thinking about calling them tennies remember how in clone wars how uh so calls them tennies no you know? i don't remember <laughs> i was thinking Man, like this brings you back to Clone Wars because like it's just cool. That's what Ahsoka would call like say. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking too. I was I was thinking that clankers, all that good old stuff. Um yeah. when I was watching it. What, what do you say, Milton? I was like, yeah, I agree. Clankers, I forgot about that one. So Yep. Oh yeah, there's plenty of that. One thing too, this is one of the first times in animation in terms of like what we've seen, other than a few episodes like Maybe like the Vader versus Ahsoka stuff or the Kanan sacrifice moment. Like this is one of the few times I've thought after watching an episode, my one of my first reaction was like, dang, I wish this was in live action. Like this episode, like, man, would have this been such a damn cool live action episode? Um, like, because I've only had that reaction a few times with some of these projects. And it's like, oh, man, this would have been so cool just to see a live action version of this um just the way the action was shot like you said chris to start the podcast it was kind of like black hawk down mm-hmm. um and just yeah oh one thing i noticed too 
they really they just nailed it like on every aspect okay. of this episode they hit like every checkbox between the action the music the sound mm-hmm. effects the the actual sound effects of like the droids oh yeah i don't know about you guys but like even though of course we know like crosshair and cody were gonna live like i mean i didn't expect them to have cody get gunned down by a droidica but like when you hear like the droidica's rolling yes. it like it's like oh man it gets you a little anxious for yeah. the hero in this episode because it's like it, it brings you back to that feel of phantom menace like yep. what are these things yep. you know yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like yeah no, I was just going to go. I was literally going to make the same point about the sound design is so good in this episode, because when it comes to Star Wars, uh, just like when they say they create characters that have silhouettes so you can see their silhouette and know what character is. And that's how a lot of the Star Wars artists work to create new characters. Uh, the same could be said with the sounds, right? Like you don't even have to see an image to know what the sound of a droid decay is after all these years. And you're like, oh, crap. And then you see yep. how they're struggling. Yeah, you see how they're struggling to get to Droid Dekas. Like, I think one of the clone troopers, like one of the, the flamethrower guys gets taken out. So like Milton said, they don't they don't hold back any punches here. Like there's there's guys going down left and right. We see all the dead bodies of the clones when the when the door opens up after the crash ship and the droids are looking around. So I, I really like that. I mean, like again, this feels like the Battle of Umbar. This feels like the Battle of uh landing at Point Rain or Rookies, where we're getting those those deep into the clones and i just you know i just don't know how i feel about when i'm i mean yes crosshair is part of the bad batch (laughs) but this episode is like for me this is the kind of show i want and then when we go back to the bad the, the proper bad batch it just seems like it's aimed at a lot younger audience and it just doesn't go as far as i want it to go as far as with like the the story and, and all that because then it becomes more of just like that fun happy adventure and that's where i think this show really has an identity crisis they did this in season one i i hope they don't have those adventures again in season two we have yet to see but uh, that's the only thing that worries me so basically what you're saying is this episode was the mandalorian episode from book of boba fett <laughs> I guess kind of makes sense in a little bit when you put it that way. <laughs> yeah, like I just I don't know, like you said, I hope they go and I hope they continue the momentum, but like we said, they got to go back to the bad batch, the main guys. So it just makes you think like, well, we're going to have to get back to some of that fun stuff, quote-unquote fun stuff, um probably this next week because I mean, I mean, our heroes were just left off, you know, they completed their mission and like, you know, there really isn't much of, um, you know, they really don't have a lot to, to do right now. So now it's just more of along the lines of like, okay, so mm. how, what's the next like push for our characters? And it's going to have to be probably a Sid mission and they're probably going to run into Cody. Is, is my assumption. Well, or they'll I, hear about Cody. And I like how they... I don't know if they did this purposely, but in the trailers we've seen for the Bad Badge Season 2, it almost looked like they were positioning Cody as like a bad guy or an antagonist. And I don't know if they just did that purposely to kind of subvert our expectations going into this episode, but I'm like, I did not expect Cody to be a sympathetic like character that could actually be an ally in the future. But then that also gets me to worry about the character because where the hell is he in Rebels? Why isn't Rex ever mentioned his buddy Cody? 
I think he could be a casualty by the end of the episode, by the end of the season. If the if he is one of the people that gets these clones together for a rebellion, uh, somebody has to fall. I mean, a lot of people have to fall because otherwise the clones would overtake the Empire, and it would be a there would be no Luke Skywalker, right? So there's going to be tragedy, and I just see it already. Cody's not going to probably make it. Um, that's going to be a pretty pretty sad moment. So that's what I'm worried about seeing Cody. It's like, oh no, he's gonna die. Yeah, I mean, I could. It's it's, yeah. Either he's going or going. It's it's inevitable, most likely. Yeah, I I could see it heading in that direction. Um, just because, you know, like you mentioned, Chris, like there's. It's like when you start introducing a lot of characters around their original trilogy timeline, it's like, okay, we got to be careful with this because you're you're playing with fire here. Because like, if you introduce all these new good guys, it's like, wait, where were they all at for the biggest fight of the rebellion? You know, so um, so like that's the thing they're gonna have to deal with. And with Cody, like you said, is someone has to like be leading, leading the squad, leading the the troops or whatever. And I think um, I think one of the final episodes of this season were titled like Clone Force ninety nine or something. So maybe you get the Bad Batch leading Cody and all these dudes into battle or something like that. But yeah, they have to like resolve Cody's story somehow. I could see him either going out like like you mentioned, Chris, like in like a blaze of glory, like just f the Empire and like go out in a in a guns a blazing style toward the mm-hmm. end of this year. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's Dave Filoni. You know how he is with his characters. Like, say what you want, like, but he, even though technically Cody was Lucas's character, but you know what I mean? He's been fleshed out more with Dave. But the thing is, he's so protective over his characters, like, from dying and stuff. I could see them going the route of either, like, Cody just going off into the sunset, living with maybe, like, um, going to like some random planet like the one the one clone trooper had the family remember from 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 the one episode mm-hmm. like maybe maybe cody goes off like and does something like that where he's off on some random planet or you know i mean heck it's dave filoni if he i don't know i could i could see him going the cheesy route like him like the end of this season cody saying oh i have to mm-hmm. i have to yeah. track down an old friend you know meaning uh, kenobi you know, yeah kenobi, you know yeah. Just leave it off screen you could see dave filoni doing something cheesy like i love dave love him to death but you know let's be real we could see dave doing something cheesy like that saying i gotta track down an old friend and, and hey, guess what? hey guess what we got a season two announcement at star wars celebration and it's like you mcgregor it's his backyard he's there in the uk yep. walks up hey I also got a friend this season who brings up tomorrow Morrison. It's like, ah, Cody's yeah. back. For those of you who've been watching Bad Batch, you know he's already around still. Here he is. He's gonna be in the show. Yeah. You know, I can see that I, I mean, can see that happening. The interesting thing with that, the only thing is I know we're not getting into like mega speculation podcast here, but my th- only interesting thing, like, of course, you know, who knows, knowing them, they'll just do some some whatever generic ending with Cody. But if there is actually a big plan, if there's a plan in place. I could see maybe something happening like that in that direction. Because remember, there was the interview with the writer of Kenobi. They cut out Cody from season one mm-hmm. of Kenobi. He was going to be there on Tatooine. He was going to be the one confronting Obi-Wan and not not that random Jedi we got that got hung. Uh, so 
So the, the writer did literally say that. Joby Harold literally said that in his interview, mm-hmm. and they cut that. So it's like, you know, did they cut that for the story? Did they cut that for if Dave Filoni got involved and was like, hey, you know, maybe if we do a season two, here's kind of what I'm thinking for Bad Batch. Mm. And, mm. you know, like I could see it maybe going that way. But then again, it could just be an ending where he just goes out in a blaze of glory. Like it just, to me, it's a coin flip at this point. Yeah. What What are the things that got me in this episode? We've been talking a lot about action and talking a lot about a plot, but as far as dialogue is concerned, there was some hard hitting writing going on in this episode, some hard hitting, just facts. And it was like something when they first met each other, uh, Cody and Crosshair at the war memorial there on Coruscant, mentioned something about the Jedi and he's like, Oh yeah, the Jedi are back. Like something, right. I, I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but I remember it was, I remember it was a sting. It was like, damn, like they, they like he said something about the Jedi and about the, the enemies. And there was just like no remorse at all from Cody. Like Cody's like, yep. It's just like, Hmm. It's interesting from that Kenobi perspective, you know? Yeah. Just, oh yeah. See, that's, just flips that's on a dime. I think and, was part of him. I think part of that, like the early part, was I don't know about you guys, like we'll have to get your thoughts, but like I think that was part of the reason Cody was hesitating. Like, you know, knowing the stuff that happened with the Jedi, like I think part of the stuff, I think that was part of the reason why he was struggling at the end with the governor, like in that whole conversation, because I think that was in the back of his mind, like, man, am I going to mess up again here? Wait, are you talking about Crosshair? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Uh, but I'm saying, I, I'm saying like, I'm like saying like Crosshair and Cody, like in that whole, yeah. I think that was part of the the push that Cody had to like go AWOL basically, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Think, I, I think that was the, of course, the stuff with the governor, but I think the early push was that whole Jedi talk. Like, I think, I think a lot of this stuff is like just planting the little seeds. Obviously, Cody went AWOL and I'm just waiting now for Crosshair to make that next move. Yeah. What do you think Crosshair is going to do, Milton? I mean, he's going to wreck people. We know that for sure. I mean, yeah. He's always about wrecking somebody and following orders. I mean, I, I think his story will eventually change. I think something's going to happen to him where he realizes he's on the wrong. He's on the wrong side. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, that's my hope. So we'll, we'll see what happens with it. What I love in this episode is one of those ending shots where you see Cody on the transport. They're you know they're bringing the, the wounded back on the transport, and then a new transport arrives, and it's like all the uh what is it? the operation war something that those troopers like the macquarie prototype troopers walking yeah. down the ramp all the conscripts r- walking down the ramp the recruits it's like out with the old in with new because then all the clones get on the other shuttle they fly away after all the imperials land there it's like that is so symbolic of like this transfer of power and just the completely different redesign of of the empire at this point and yeah, that to me was pretty striking. And, and again, the, the music by Kevin Kiner at that point where it's like that Blade Runner, very light, but like ambiance and, and, and kind of ethereal kind of music playing in the background. It's like, oh, wow, this is like this is like one of those really good movements in Star Wars where it makes you makes you think and kind of sit back and like, yeah, Star Wars can do like really good just moments without dialogue that just paint a really good picture, you know? Yeah, I mean, getting those type of um, shots like that, like we mentioned with the droidicas earlier, these troops coming down, like all these different like shots just shows like Star Wars 
has good storytelling. Like they can tell really good stories without any dialogue whatsoever. Like you know, we've we mentioned it before. I think I, I may have mentioned it mentioned it about a month ago. But like you know, George Lucas talked about that before. Like you should be able to like shut the shut the um the sound off basically and still get an idea of the story without hearing the 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 actual lines being said. Like you, it's a visual story. So. You know, getting those cool visuals, like you said, like the Macquarie troops coming down and like the clones being phased out, like those type of shots are just so nice and unique and, um, you know, just really harkens back to really what George Lucas, you know, envisioned with Star Wars. And of course, like Dave and Dave and the gang working on it, like they're they're respecting it. Yeah, there you go. Do you guys have any other final thoughts on this episode? Um, I mean, look, like I mentioned, this is, and I'll give, I guess I'll give an entire viewpoint. Like, like I mentioned, this, this episode was fire. It was one of the mm-hmm. better episodes I've seen with the show. If they continue to make this show like this episode, I'm going to like this season. If we continue to get Sid, who wastes space, I'm not going to like this season. <laughs> I'm saying I'll probably don't like those episodes, but I'm trying to be hopeful. I'm trying to like, hopefully understand that Dave and his people made better choices because this episode was a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the character development. I love the conflict that was shown with uh, Cody. Rampart, he's just sketchy. You know, we, <laughs> we all know that. It, it was nice to see that the visuals were on point. Love the music. But this is a 9 out of 10 for me. Oh, 9 out of 10. Matching my score, as I said off the top, uh, my score hasn't gone down or up. I'm going to stay solid at 9. Great discussion, though. Just going over just everything we love about an episode. And we got to put a pin in this. Um, cause this is going to be a highlight of the season. I feel like, and we're going to look back and, and this is our new kind of like watermark for season two, right? We're going to go back and be like, if, if we get an episode where it's like, it's not as good, we're going to be like, look, this show has the potential. As I said, it has the potential to dive in some more mature themes, like tying back into the greater star Wars universe. But while saying something that, that makes, that means something saying something that means something for the clones and who are they and who they are. And, just things about brothers and everything like that were really kind of hits home. So yeah, everything from aesthetics, how it looks to how the action was really fun. I can't wait to watch this episode again, which is always saying something. Um, so yeah, nine out of 10, Ben. I mean, I can reflect both of your guys' viewpoints. Like, you know, I think, well, for starters to, to, to throw out there, you know, while, while you both were giving your reviews, came up with the the perfect ending to this series what if it ends like this this is now i'm sure milton you'll really appreciate this but why not we like have all these awesome missions and things you know at the end you have crosshair and cody obviously being on the good side and they end it with them walking into sid's place and sid going i have a mission for you boys and now crosshair and cody work for sid there we go ridiculous Uh oh no (laughs) Oh no! But uh, but no, for real though. I think I think this episode to me is top three Star Wars Bad Batch. It's one of the best Star Wars animated episodes. Period. From Rebels, from Clone Wars. Um, in my opinion, it's it's probably top. I mean, there's so many good Clone Wars and Rebels episodes. It's probably top fifteen all time Star Wars animated episodes in terms of the 3D animation. Um, just because it was so good for all the um the different points that you both mentioned between. You know, the clones, the the shots, the visuals, the transitions, mm-hmm. like everything I think was executed so well. And then like the character decisions with like Cody and Crosshair and the governor 
that whole thing. I think I think that's going to all lead to Crosshair turning eventually because, you know, he'll he'll probably be reflecting back on that or he'll maybe have like other situations mm-hmm. that come up that resemble that and maybe he has makes a different choice at, at some point. Um and I do think though I think the way it's going to go with his like Crosshair is going to be a really interesting character cuz now that we know Cody's Cody's off the table for being a bad guy. Crosshair now now we got an interesting arc with him because you know, you know, I mean we know it from the the original trilogy with Vader um and Anakin and and even Kylo Ren to an extent like like the villains the villains that are complicated are always like really interesting. Mm-hmm. And and Crosshair is going to be one of those like villains that are like right on the fence of being good or bad. And I think we're going to see that transition. Like it's going to take a bit, like he'll probably do, still do some more evil stuff um, in these next few episodes. But I think by the end of it, we're going to get him eventually turning, which will make his character like that much stronger um, and that much more cool. Cause his character is one of the more cool ones, in my opinion, in terms of like his action, like, you know, his, 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 his like shooting prowess, like all that stuff I think is so cool with his character. Um, and I'm really excited to see where he ends up going this season. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, for me overall, I do think this episode is a nine out of 10 as well for, um, for all of those mentioned points. And I hope, you know, after coming off this high, like this is the roller coaster high, like we're at like the top mm-hmm. of the roller coaster mountain now. Hopefully, instead of it like dropping, hopefully the mountain just keeps extending this coming week, and we we keep uh we keep building on that high um, versus crashing back down to earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we have seen a lot of this stuff in the trailer from these first couple episodes. There's still a lot to look forward to, from what's going on Kashyyyk to what's going on Coruscant with the Senate. To what's going on with a little Wookiee youngling named Gunji. There's a lot to look forward to with the Bad Batch. Um, and it's going to be just really, really fun when we got to review a Bad Batch episode and a Mandalorian episode in the same week. <laughs> I'm kind of dreading that, but also looking forward to it just for how the hell that's going to happen on this show every week for a couple weeks. We'll see how it works. But yeah, so we got nines across the board for Bad Batch. I wasn't feeling optimistic of that happening in the first episode but but here we are so they can surprise us so we want to hear from you guys if you're listening live if you are uh listening after the fact send us all tweets go ahead comment in on the vod- on the video after the fact what was your score for the bad batch season two episode three the solitary clone next week i think the episode is called faster so not really telling us a whole lot but you know faster or more intense is George Lucas has once said so many times. We'll expect probably a Bad Batcher crew on that one. What are you guys going to be up to this week? I guess you guys are going to be glued to your TVs with the playoffs starting for the NFL, correct? Uh, that's going to be me on Sunday. Tomorrow, I'm just getting stuff done. I'm going to a hockey game tomorrow night. So, oh, that, awesome. yeah, that should be fire. Um, it's hanging out with a friend on lunch tomorrow. Um, watching some movies and then hockey tomorrow night and then football Sunday. Nice. That sounds like a really good weekend, man. I'm uh, I'm happy that you're able to kind of unwind a little bit and get into it like that. Yeah, dude, listen, I'm not married. I don't got kids. I can do whatever I want. So (laughs) I I just, I just own the house and take care of my spot and that's it. But obviously go to the gym. So yeah, I I try to do me and have fun when I'm not at work. Mm Mm-hmm. Ben? 
Hey, there you go. That's one of the best things to um, for our, our listeners, viewers, and even, I mean, you know it, Milton, and I'm not sure if you've gone to them, Chris, but going to hockey games are one of the most fun sporting events to go to in person. Like, I love going to hockey games so much. Like, even we have, like, a minor league team, like, an hour away from here, and it's just so much fun to go to. Like, they're by far some of the best sporting events. Like, I always recommend hockey games, whether it's minor league, major league, whatever. Like, hockey games are a blast. Um and then for me, for this weekend, it's pretty much just tomorrow. I'm just watching the NFL. I think the games start at 4 and then 8 tomorrow night. So I'm probably just going to be doing that the second half of the afternoon. Of course, going to get up, work out tomorrow. As always, like, you know, I'm currently dieting, like I mentioned, to start the podcast. I'm down another pound this week, which is good. Still a, a long way to go, but hey, got to gotta keep chipping away at it, you know. So uh, that's that's all I, I'm up to really this weekend. And, uh, yeah, we'll be talking NFL. We'll be talking Star Wars. And, you know, hey, we'll we'll be talking Star Wars Monday night just on Twitter anyways, uh, reacting mm-hmm. to the Mandalorian trailer, hopefully. I mean, hopefully all the reports are correct. Yeah. Um, that, that we'll be getting the trailer Monday night. Like, you know, we'll be rocking out to that. I mean, next week we could be having a trailer discussion and Bad Batch review. So that'll be a lot of fun. So well, you can find me, yeah. So you can find me talking Star Wars and the NFL on Twitter at Real Ben Maynard, and then you can follow my Instagram to follow along with me, like getting shredded again after I haven't been in a few years. Um, at Real Ben Maynard as well. And how about you, Milton? You can follow me on Twitter at Milton Weber Seven or Instagram at Milton Seven Weber. And uh, sorry, I was, I was cutting a little bit, Ben, but I did Are get confer- I did not get confirmation personally, but I found confirmation on Twitter. None other than Carl Weathers, one of the lead sources on Mandalorian News, has said to tune in on Monday night for the football hey. game. So if the star of the show is saying it, then I think we're good to go. So next Monday probably is going to be a little bit of a longer episode. Um, so come in, have fun. We're going to be talking about a trailer breakdown as well as a new Star Wars TV episode. So, as far as me, you can find me on youtube.com slash starraptor. That's where you can go to find the live stream going up every Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern. I've also been putting up companion uh, videos as I've been doing in the last several months about whatever comes out that day for Disney+. Plus. I'm trying to make some kind of companion video to dive in and maybe some cool things that were revealed or uh, just overall thoughts of the episode. So be ready for those. I have something on Commander Cody and how I think that's linking, obviously, with him going AWOL to what we said here with the Clone Rebellion. So if you want to see some very concise thoughts at very early in the morning, then go go ahead and check out that content as well. And do subscribe. So that's going to do it for Milton. Going to do it for Ben. Going to do it for I, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor. That was Outer Rim Transmission number 91. Thanks for watching.